I would say, Christina, one of my greatest strengths through Business Boutique is not the tactical business stuff. I do that. I give people the tactical business stuff. I give them plans and steps and tools and best marketing practices. I do that. But that's not my best strength. If I'm going to be honest, I think my best strength is making people believe I am so excited for you to hear this episode of the Become a Media Maven podcast because today we are talking to Christy Wright from the Business Boutique. And I did some earlier episodes with a couple of women who have subscription boxes. One of them is Julie Ball with Sparkle Hustle Grow and the other one is Jessica Principe with the All Girl Shave Club. And both of them mentioned Christy Wright with the Business Boutique in their interview. So I said, okay, I got to get this woman on. And let me tell you, in this episode, she does not disappoint. So you are going to hear so much amazingness from Christy, how she got started, how she started working with Dave Ramsey and worked her way up in the business. And she'll tell you that one of her greatest strengths isn't tactical business stuff, but it's actually making people believe that they can do it and they can be successful in business. So Here is Christy Wright. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Christy, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. And I was just telling you, I'm excited to have you on because I've interviewed a couple of people and I was asking them, okay, like, where'd you get your start in business? How'd you start and how'd you learn to grow? And they were like, oh, Christy Wright, she taught me. (laughs) I went to the business boutique and I met so many people and I learned so many things. So I'm like, damn, I got to get Christy on the show. (laughs) I love it. Well, I love both of the women you're referring to. So that's a great compliment. Thanks for telling me that. And I want to hear a little bit more about you before you became known as like this go-to business person to get advice from. So what were you doing before you were doing the business boutique and all of that jazz? And how did you get into that? Yeah, it's a really crazy story. You know, in um, Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, she talks about how most career paths, and I would say even business business paths are a lot less like a climbing a ladder and more like a jungle gym where you're kind of swinging from one side to the other and whatever opportunity is in front of you or whatever door that opens. And, um, and that's kind of like my story. And it's funny looking back because there are pieces of my story that at the time seemed so irrelevant to the bigger picture or where I was going. It seemed like grunt work or an entry-level job or whatever. And now looking back, it's amazing how each of those were stepping stones that prepared me in some way for, for what I'm doing today. And so I, out of college, worked for three years in nonprofit and I was thrown into the deep level of leadership. I was managing a um, you know million dollar department as a 23 year old. I had a team of 200 people. Like I was just thrown into leadership. And so really learned about startup, about systems, processes, building uh, this new business department from the ground up as a very young uh, you know person in my career. And then after that, um, I started working for Dave Ramsey actually in product development in our company. And we had about 270 people here at the time. Um, And I was just using my same skills of developing programs to now developing products for youth and teens. And again, each of these pieces, you're like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But 
looking back, it's incredible how each of these has in some way informed what I'm doing today. And so um, about six months into working here um, on Dave's team, we um, had an opportunity to speak. His daughter actually had an opportunity to speak at a conference, a Christian conference across the country. And um, it was 20 dates all over the country. And um, about two weeks before she was supposed to go on the road, and she's young, just out of college, um, but we had gotten a travel schedule from this conference. And it was just the worst travel schedule you can imagine, like two and three connections. She was going to be in New York to California to get to Texas. You were in an airport 18 hours a day. Like it was a nightmare. And I had inherited this whole arrangement somehow as um, being over the teen program. And uh, Dave saw the schedule and he was like, she's not doing it. You know, she's 23. She's fresh out of college, newly married. No one should have to do this schedule. Um, she can do half. She can do 10 of the dates, but not 20. And so I had to take this information back to the conference and be the bearer of bad news. And I'll tell you, Christina, I'm just kind of a, a you know problem solver, make it up as I go type of person like most entrepreneurs are. And uh, I told them, you know, I'm so sorry. She can't do 20. She can do 10. And and the, the man said to me, Christy, what am I going to do? I have a speaker booked for a keynote presentation for 20 dates. What am I going to do? And I said, I'll do the other ones. And he said, can you speak? I said, I think so. (laughs) I had never spoken in my life. Uh, And so I was just a problem solver. And that's really what business owners are, aren't we? Like we just are problem solvers. Um, But I think the key that has made my career path so interesting and accelerated, if I can say that, is I often say yes before I know how. So I said yes to that opportunity, even though I didn't know how to speak, Christina. And I just figured it out as I went, like all entrepreneurs do. And so that led to a speakers group being created in the fall. And I was just slid into that group. No, no application, no interview. Um, And so uh, that turned into what is now the Ramsey personalities, which is really the entire succession plan for our future, because our whole company, um, which is now 800 people, is built on Dave Ramsey, the man, Dave Ramsey, the brand, Dave Ramsey, the radio show, Dave Ramsey, the New York Times bestselling author. And so Dave in the last five to seven years has been thinking, what does the future look like for this company and how can it go on beyond me? And so he has very strategically created a board to lead the entire company and um, and kind of uh, chosen the each of us as speakers that are the Ramsey personalities that have brands and messages and markets to build up to be the uh, succession plan for our future so our company can go on when Dave retires. So it's kind of a, that's the jungle gym, Christina, like it's all, <laughs> it's all over the place. But um, it really has, it's interesting how now I'm working in my gifts and pulling from my background of having side businesses, my education and business, my uh, certifications as a business coach, and even my experience as a 23-year-old, you know, managing a team of 200 and pulling all these pieces of my story together of making it up as I go to now help women use their gifts and, uh, you know, figure out how to make money doing what they love. So it's been, it's been incredible to see these pieces come together at this season that I'm in now. I freaking love how it all started with like, oh crap, we got speakers booked. Well, I guess I'll do it. And that's what launched the whole thing. That is so cool. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, people are like, how can I do what you do? I'm like, well, it's kind of weird. So are you up for weird? <laughs> that is so cool. Okay, so then I guess that's kind of the very beginning story, but tell us how Business Boutique came to be what it is today. Because whenever people say Business Boutique, they always associate your name with it. We always see that pretty script font and the pretty colors. I mean, it really is just a very recognizable brand 
to women who really don't even have a business yet. You know, some of them, they have businesses, some of them, they're thinking about it. And some of them really start because of you and that event. So talk to us about how that came to be and, and what it's like if nobody's ever been to an event. Yeah. So thank you for saying that. So we did start with an event and it's amazing how we started with an event in the fall of 2015. And now, uh, you know, three and a half years later, we are, we have gotten to where it's a podcast, it's a coaching group, it's a best-selling book, it's multiple courses. So it's evolved from there, but we started really with an event, which is not how most businesses start. So let me start by saying that most businesses don't start or brands don't start as an event. We just as a company, Ramsey Solutions are really, really good at events. And so for us, it was an easy way to enter the market and test the content before you put something in print that lives forever and and really get to know the market and generate some excitement around this tribe and, and kind of claim our our spot in this space, if you will. Um, so what we did back, um, this was years ago. So this is probably like five or six years ago. When I moved into the role of being a full-time Ramsey personality, I had already been speaking to women on life balance and and really resonating with the markets that I was connecting with. And we we sat in a room and it really was a strategic planning day. And I just as I'll try to give tips and takeaways for your listeners as we go, it is really important, regardless of your business, to get out of the business sometimes to get in a room, to get in a coffee shop, to get on a whiteboard and sticky notes and and just dream, like get out of the day-to-day weeds and start to think, like get your head above water to think about where you're going. And so that's really what we did. We got in a room and we said, okay, let's start peeling away the layers of my story, my passions, my strengths, my gifts, the opportunity in the market, the needs our company has, um, what's going on you know, in current trends in our culture. And we started to see just this unbelievable intersection between my story of being raised by a single mom entrepreneur. She started a little bakery when I was six months old and I was literally raised in the bakery um, at times. And so I had a front row seat to business and a front row seat to this amazing woman uh, building a business and surviving, doing the best she could. Um, I went on to get an education in business and then became a certified business coach. I've had my own side businesses to help pay the bills when I was in my early 20s when I couldn't afford my rent on my entry level salary. And then you start to see all these intersections of education and my story and then my passion for helping women. I'm just, I connect with women. Um, I love that, that you even said my name came up because I really do consider um, my relationship with my fans and followers and friends to be uh, kind of a, this best friendship. It's like a best friend that's a business coach. Like I'm in this with you and we're going to work through this and it's cookies on the bottom shelf and business doesn't have to be intimidating and I'm going to show you how and I'm going to give you the steps and encourage you and make you believe in yourself even when you don't believe in yourself. And, and so all those pieces start to come together in addition with the fact that you're seeing this incredible trend of women starting businesses and many women starting businesses that have no education in business and and have very little confidence in business, but they are so capable. They just don't know it. 44 million Americans have side businesses and 40 million Americans work are working as freelancers or, you know, solopreneurs, independent workers. And so there's this trend of women, everyone, but specifically women getting into the marketplace for more flexibility to be with their kids, to provide extra income. And it's so accessible. It's so low risk. It's so low cost. You could start a business tomorrow with nothing more than your ID and a Facebook page, but you get into business and you're going to get questions. You're going to get overwhelmed. At some point, you will hit a wall. All the women I work with, I've seen it happen again and again in my research before I even started Business Boutique. They get in and, and at some point they hit a wall 
And I call it the wall of overwhelm, where all that initial excitement, all of the dreaming, what if and names and logos, and this is gonna be so fun and a Facebook page, they hit a wall and it's what about taxes? What about trademarks? What about business licenses? What about the competition? How do I sell without being pushy? How do I pay myself? What if, what if, what if, what if? And they have more questions than answers and they have more overwhelm than they do excitement. And really the only difference between the women that make it over the wall and chase their dreams and become successful and those that give up and they let the wall be the end of the road where they say, well, see, I told you I was never cut out for business anyway. The only difference between these two paths that women take at this wall is those that make it get help. Those that make it say, well, my husband is really business minded or I have an attorney in my family that helped me. I, in some way they got help. And so I, I learned this um, unbelievably glaring trend in my research and I thought, I'm going to intersect them at the wall. I'm going to intersect them at the wall and, and be the help that gets them over the wall so that they can continue to stick with it. And it's really fun if I, if I meet them even earlier than the wall. If I meet them in the exciting stage, I can give them the plan that helps them avoid a lot of those mistakes. Um, but it's just amazing how so many women go through this process and they think they're the only one that feels that way. They're the only one that feels unqualified. They're the only one that has those fears or questions. And if you can just get those women together in a room at the event or, um, you know, connect them online through a Facebook group. They're all raising their hand saying, Oh, you feel like that too. Oh, we're in this together. And there's such power in that community of women championing women. And I just love that I get to help guide that and facilitate that conversation and give them the teaching and encouragement that moves them forward. You mentioned they all get help. What do you see these women needing help with the most at, let's say the beginning stage of business? Yeah, it's overwhelm. Uh, and now you could call it fear because I think fear is a more accurate, uh, visceral word for it. But there's just a lot of fear. Um, they get overwhelmed by all the things they don't know. But what they don't know is that the things that overwhelm them are actually a very small percentage of the day-to-day -day operations of running a business. So all those things, all those examples that I gave you, what about taxes? What about trademarks? What about business licenses? Do I need to be an LLC? How, you know, all this stuff they feel like that's 95% of running the business. So they feel like, well, I'm unqualified. You and I both know that's about 5% of your day. 95% of your day is dealing with your customers, fulfilling orders, uh, marketing. Uh, you know, it, it's the fun stuff. It's the creative stuff. It's the, that's why you got into business in the first place. So if I can help them with the things they don't know, and maybe that is marketing, wh wherever their, their weaknesses lie. Um, if I can help them with the, the things that they feel unqualified or the areas in which they're weak, then it's, or even just reduce the overwhelm there, then it's amazing how that sets them free to spend more time doing what they love and less time uh, in, in what they don't love, where they find help for those things. They find, you know, they, they outsource it or they, you know, just even just get some answers that, oh, I didn't have to worry about that. You know, I thought I did. So um, it's, it's typically just the, I, I call it the business side of things, but the business side of things for those people that don't have a background in business really, really intimidate them. And if I can take that out of it um, and put the cookies on the bottom shelf, then it's amazing how their confidence goes up. But I would say that everyone, regardless of their personality style, regardless of their background, every entrepreneur I've ever encountered experiences fear. Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of putting yourself out there, fear of rejection, just fear, fear of what people will think, fear of quitting my full-time job that I hate, fear, fear, fear. It's just this monster looming in the shadows that is killing dreams every stinking day. And if I can just 
call that out and shine light on that and show how this is normal and you can do it scared and really successful people still get scared. They just do it anyway. And here's some really practical tips to push past your fear so that you can do it scared and give them um, the training and the encouragement and the information that they need to do that gosh, all the steps will will fix themselves. Because I can give them all the information in the world, Christina, but if they're still scared, they're going to stay stuck. They don't just need information. They need inspiration. They need to be able to push past their fear if they're going to do anything. And so that's why I really hit this head on. It's the second chapter of my book. It's an entire session on stage at the event. It's a topic that's woven into everything I teach in the podcast. Um, It's woven into everything because... It, it is the enemy of what we're trying to do. And if I can help fight that, then it's amazing how these women can be set free to win. I honestly was shocked at how much mindset played into business growth when I started growing my business. And I actually didn't, I don't want to say I got a mindset problem, but I didn't pay attention to my mindset at all until I was probably two to three years in and my business was growing and I was scaling and I was reaching new levels. And then I I looked at mindset a little bit more, but from the beginning, I was never feared of, uh, afraid of failure. I was like, this is what I have to do. I have to do it now. So I was just go, go, go. But mm-hmm. later as I continued to grow, I was like, oh, this mindset thing. This is why people are talking about mindset because you almost get to a point too where you're ready to take it to the next level and then there's some things about that that scare you. So can you talk about, you know, you mentioned people focus on the business stuff and they let that overwhelm them when it's not a big deal. Can you talk about mindset? Because I also feel like that's something a lot of people, maybe they don't pay attention to or even think about. They're just thinking about business and not their mindset about it. Yeah, this is this is such a huge question. I mean, this is something I love to talk about because the power of your thoughts, there there is real tangible results in your life uh, because your beliefs will shape your actions and your actions will shape your results. And so um, I, I will say for myself, Christina, my mind, because I'm creative and imaginative, which can be a really great skill, um, it also my mind can just run. Like it can spiral and I can have narratives that I tell myself that are not even remotely true. So yeah, this is really important because if you're wired like me, then you're creative and you're imaginative, which can be a great skill set in business, but it also means that your mind can kind of run sometimes. And so for example, Christina, I can have a narrative that I tell myself that is not even remotely true. And, and what's so painful about this for women that I work with, and I see women do this all the time, they have stories they tell themselves that are not true. Stories that the market is too saturated. Stories that they're not business-minded. Stories that they're not cut out for business. Stories that the competition is better and faster and cuter and cheaper and has more followers, so there's no room for them. There are stories that we tell ourselves. And what's so unfortunate is if you believe this story that you're telling yourself then what's what's happening is you are placing a label on yourself and a limitation on yourself, and then you live within it. And so it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy where you don't ever try for bigger goals or you try to make more money or you try to help more people because in your mind, that's not possible. So of course, if it's not possible, you're not going to try. And then you don't. You're like, see, I told you I could never do that. It, it's like this, Christina, I don't play the lottery, okay? I don't play the lottery. Now, I don't hate the lottery for a morality thing. I just don't believe I'm going to win. So if I don't believe I'm going to win the lottery, then I'm not going to spend $50 or $5 or $0.05 cents on something I don't believe 
works. And the same is true in your business. If you don't believe you can become successful, successful, if you don't believe you can help people or you, or you bring value or you can solve problems or you can make money or you can grow this thing or you can be a successful entrepreneur, if you don't believe that's possible, then you will never try. You'll never put effort into it. You'll never put energy into it. And if you don't put effort and energy into it, you definitely won't become successful. And that's why I love getting to do what I do. Because I would say, Christina, one of my greatest strengths through Business Boutique is not the tactical business stuff. I do that. I give people the tactical business stuff. I give them plans and steps and tools and best marketing practices. I do that. But that's not my best strength. If I'm going to be honest, I think my best strength is making people believe. Just saying, you can do this. It's okay to be a beginner. It's okay to fall on your face and get yourself back up and dust yourself off and try again. Just keep going anyway. The most successful people in business are not the smartest. They don't have Harvard educations. They're just those that just keep going. I love the um, the quote by William Feather that says, success is largely a matter of hanging on after others have let go. And, and that's really, if you can find that grit and that persistence and that perseverance and that determination, you will figure out the business stuff. I promise you that is the secret sauce to winning a business. It's not the business knowledge. That's a great bonus. But if you don't just give it all you've got and be willing to try and fail and face your fears, then you'll never do it. It doesn't matter how smart you are. Um, you've got to have those skills. And so I think for me, that mindset of helping people believe, of helping people see the lie and the narrative they're believing or the limitation that they're living within and and busting through that and believing and finding um, their, their source of confidence and passion is something that I love to do. And, and that's really, that's what you're saying with mindset. Like to me, uh, the, the mindset is the foundation for everything I teach. The tactical is like, you get to that, but that's not what changes things. What changes things is the mindset. I love that. And I agree so, so wholeheartedly. And something, I want to share my opinion with you and I want to, <laughs> I want to get your feedback because it. it's specific to how, um, mindset works and the difference between men and women. And it's really, you know, more so self-confidence. I feel like men are overly conf. I'm, I'm generalizing here, people. So don't get mad. I know. I, I always give this disclaimer when I do this. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Not all men and all women, people. I'm generalizing. Um, that men are a little more overly confident than they should be. And women have less confidence than they should. Yes. Do you, do you find that to be true? I mean, research, generally research shows that it's a ama- it's fascinating. The research, um, Christina, uh, psychology research shows that in general, where men will look at a problem and think, "Oh, I got this. It's in the bag." And women will look at the exact same problem and go, "I don't know." Let's look at job applications. Men will apply for jobs that they only have seventy five percent of the qualifications for. And women will not apply for those same jobs unless they have 100% of the qualifications uh, for that same exact position. And so it really is, uh, it's interesting. There's also research and you think of if the opposite of confidence is fear or self-doubt or whatever, then uh, there's interesting research too on uh, even fear and how it evidences itself in little boys and little girls. So for example, research shows that little girls break sooner when riding a bicycle they um, are more uh, risk, uh, boys are more risk averse and they, uh, little girls never want to make the same mistake twice. Little boys 
uh, are slower to learn from calamities. Can I get an amen from all the boy moms out there uh, as a mother of two <laughs> young boys myself? Slower to learn from calamities, it says, and they tend to attribute their mistakes to outside sources. Oh, couldn't have been them. Surely not. They hit a rock in the road. That's what happened. That's why. They <laughs> right. So what's so fascinating about this is if you think of the implication of that as then those little girls that grow up, they never want to make the same mistake twice. What happens? You're going to make mistakes because that's life. And then you make a mental note, I will never do that again. And little boys, they are more just kind of dust themselves off and go for it again and again. I'll give you an example, Christina. Um, early on in my speaking career, this is probably a decade ago, I had a speaking event where I bombed. It was every speaker's worst nightmare. I wanted to disappear from the room lost the crowd and the whole drive home, six hour drive home, I cried my eyes out in my rental car. And you know what I told myself that whole drive home? Never again. I will never speak again. I will never walk on another stage. I will never put myself out there to fall on my face and be embarrassed and be rejected and be humiliated. Never again. Now, thank God I didn't let that happen. I would have missed out on an entire incredible speaking career. But that's the story we tell ourselves when we get hurt or wounded. And so it, it plays into what you're saying, where as a generalization, women are more fearful and men are more confident. And But that doesn't mean that we can't overcome that and learn from that and learn confidence. See, confidence is a muscle. People think it's just this gene that you have or you don't have. That's not true. Confidence is a muscle. And if you never use it, then that muscle is weak. But that's fine. You're just going to work out that muscle a little bit. And the more you work it out, the stronger it becomes. I actually have a um, a webinar I did on this uh, like last year sometime. It was specific steps on how to project confidence that, that leads to sales. And I talk about how uh, I, actually the, the whole premise of it is, is what we're talking. It's how to change your mind. So changing your beliefs, change your words. So stop saying self-defeating words. Stop saying, I have this little Etsy shop. I'm just a mom. I'm just a uh, graphic designer. Stop saying these weak words because what that does is it def it's completely undermining your sense of confidence and other people's uh, perception of your confidence. And then change your body. You can actually, there's some fascinating research. You can look up a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y, on body posture and how if you put yourself in what she calls high power positions, I'm doing it right now. You can't see me. I don't know why I'm doing this, Christina. You can't even see me. But if you put <laughs> your hands on your hips and put your shoulders back and stand in a powerful th position, think Wonder Woman. I know this is silly. It actually changes your hormone levels where your testosterone goes up and your cortisol goes down. Now, testosterone is a confidence type of hormone. Cortisol is stress. So your stress goes down, your confidence goes up. But the opposite is also true. When you change your body to be in weak postures where you're hunched over and you make yourself small because you're scared, the you can change your levels where your cortisol, your stress goes up and your testosterone, your confidence goes down. So the whole re the, the premise of her research was we get into these body positions when we feel a certain way. So if we're feeling nervous, we get small. If we're feeling powerful, like we just won the Olympics, we throw our hands in the air. She wanted to know, could you flip the effect could you make yourself feel something? And the hormones reflect that by putting yourself in that posture and you can. It's fascinating. So anyway, all that to say is confidence is a muscle and you can cultivate confidence through changing your mind, changing your words and changing your posture. And all of those things are things you control. So it's not a gene that some people have and others don't. It's a muscle and it's a choice available to everyone. I'm going to link to that TED Talk in the show notes so everybody can watch because that sounds super interesting. It is. Um, 
And I'm going to venture to guess that because you are teaching this confidence and you are, you know, letting these female business owners know that they do have what it takes to become successful in their business. That is why the business boutique is such a big freaking deal. And it comes back year <laughs> after year with more and more people, right? <laughs> it, it's been really fun. It really has um, connected on a heart level. And I think what makes it so special is, um, we're not just talking business. You know, we know if if you're listening right now, you know, it's not just business. It is personal. And so we are able to meet you on that heart level and talk about the business and talk about the personal and how these are both a part of your life. Um, and so I think that's what's making women feel really connected to because you're not just only speaking to one aspect of their life, you're speaking to their whole life. And And what's incredible, Christina, is the response I'm getting from women in this market are not just business success stories. It's, oh, and I'm working out again. And oh, I'm back in church. And oh, my marriage is thriving because you're able to talk to and love and grow and encourage the whole woman, not just someone running and operating a business. And I think that's really important. Tell us how we can find out more about you and the business boutique. Yes, businessboutique.com. And that's where you can learn about the podcast and the um, the book and the events and all the fun things available to help you make money doing what you love. Awesome. I will link to all of that in the show notes. And I am a listener of the podcast, people. It is a good one. So I will also link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Christy. This has been amazing. Christina, thanks so much for having me. It's my honor. And I am off to Austin, Texas today for the Mom 2.0 Summit. I will be speaking Friday afternoon at about 1.45. So if you are in the area, please stop by and say hi. If not, I will see you next week on the next episode of the Become a Media Maven podcast.